Spurs fans, welcome back to another Spurs and Salsa. I am your host, JD, and we have a very different panel, co-host, whatever you want to call it. One is a familiar voice. The other one's brand new. Uh, first, let me introduce an oldie but goodie, Joshy Spees. Was that the what name it you do? went by? Was yeah, that the name Joshy Spees. All right. That's right. That's my Twitter handle as well, at Joshy Spees. Dang, you sound like a professional. Look at you dropping your Twitter handle already. I've been practicing since the last time I was on. I like it. So for our OG listeners, you might remember him from the original lineup. You did about, what, like two years of this? I was a little while, and then there was an older iteration of it as well that I was part of. Yeah, yeah been around Very for a little while. So. And also joining us today for the first time ever, we're going by Matt, Matthew, Mr. Deal. I, you can do all three at the same time. No, yeah, I can go by Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. We'll go Matt. Matthew sounds too like you're a kid. Yeah, I was wondering why you gave him the options because I, I don't know who calls him Matthew, but I won't. I mean, nobody. <laughs> who Let's calls you Joshy Spees? Everybody. Everybody calls me Joshy. <laughs> all right, we'll go Maddie. Are you okay, Maddie? Your voice, your. No, I'm good. These are just tears of joy. No, I didn't know you were crying. I was thinking you're, you sound different than what you did about five minutes ago. Plus, all I can see is the ceiling. So, did you pass out? <laughs> oh. And why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. All right. all right. So, for everybody that misses Mouse, he is currently having a baby. Well, his wife is, right? Uh, yeah, I think, that's how, I think that's how it works. It's Mouse. Uh, so congratulations. I think, as a matter of fact, as we record this, I think he's actually in the delivery room. So uh, make sure it's a good show because he'll be, uh, I know Maddie knows when you got to stay the night at that hospital, as the father, you sleep on that horrible couch. Let's give him something fun to listen to today. All right, kicking it off. We had the lotto or the lottery last night. The Spurs landed number nine, which is exactly where they were going in. Uh, that's two years in a row where I got excited for the lottery and it landed exactly how the odds are supposed to land. So I think yeah, to Josh's as, point, it's it's a big bummer. As a Spurs fan, we don't have a lot of history enjoying the lottery or watching the lottery, I should say. I guess in the past when we did hit the lottery, we, we hit the lottery, we landed Tim Duncan and what have you, but these last couple of years have made me not ever want to be in the lottery again. It's really anticlimactic. It wasn't the best broadcast. John, I actually have a question. Why couldn't we get five through eight? I thought back in the day we could have gotten any of those positions. Oh, that's right. I don't know how that works exactly. They make it extremely confusing. Um, you're right, though. I was For reading, was reason. it Jeff McDonald who tweeted it? Somebody like the percent chances of where we would land in five through eight was zero. And that, that was that was weird. Yeah, I, I don't like those chances. <laughs> <laughs> so we're number nine. Um, again, the lotto, because there's, like you said, there's certain picks that are blocked out. Uh, they don't do the ping pong balls live. The NBA lottery, as far as TV watching goes, really sucks. Well, I think this is the Spurs wise. This is what the fifth year that we've actually had a lottery. We had Robinson number one. He turned out pretty good. Duncan number one. He turned out pretty good. I want to say Sean Elliott was seven or eight. He was also quite good. 
Uh, Prima was number four, I think, at what, 12 last year? So I think this is our fifth. You may be right. Um, I think Sean Elliott was a little higher than that. But I'm, I'm talking more as far as the lottery as a watching experience. Yeah, hard pass. It sucks. It's boring. And why don't they do the balls live? It makes It just gives conspiracy theorists a reason to say it's rigged. Well, the only reason is because you have to do number one pick first, and that's kind of anticlimactic. Because let's say they have a hundred balls, and half the teams are have you know fifty each, so that would that would be a really short broadcast if they do number one pick right off the start. That's a very logical answer, Matt, Matty. <laughs> but but didn't they used to? Did they used to do like envelopes, and they'd be swirling around? That's what I I have visuals of of that in my yeah. memory. But so they've done it. Maybe it's not logical, Matty, because they've done it before. I need to watch that 30 for 30 with Patrick Ewing again, just to, yeah, that was a good one. Anyways. And I'm not even too bummed that the Spurs landed nine. Cause that's where we were slotted. So it's just more very anticlimactic. There's no, there was no real mix up changes to the lottery. Um, it is what it is. Right. The best part was seeing the top three or four guys up there, seeing their th- three teams that they could go to. They were not very excited for those locations. <laughs> Yeah, so they're either going to be in Orlando, OKC, um, or Houston. Yeah, or Houston, and then uh, Sacramento was number four. Yeah, those are. Yeah, none of them are very best. I guess Houston's the best destination, just as far as the city goes. But I think Orlando for best city. But I mean, if you're if you're eleven, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Are. I don't think twenty. I don't think twenty-year-olds are like, man. I can't wait to get a Disney World season pass. Universal Studios is dope. Hey, maybe that's their selling point. It's Universal Studios. Uh, no taxes, I guess. Orlando, right? I guess. Um, again, I don't think a twenty-year-old thinking about that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess. I guess there are Universal Studios and taxes. Congrats to one of the three <laughs> top picks. Do you think all three will go um, the three that we've that everybody thinks it's going to be? Jabari Smith, Chet, and uh, Ranchero? I, I think so. I don't know the order. I think it depends. And, you know, as time gets closer to the draft, I'm sure flaws will come out, but they all look pretty similar. Bigs who could shoot and stretch pretty much. But I think uh, if it was my choice, if Spurs got number one, I think Smith would have been the best fit. He seemed like the most, I don't know, um, top flight athlete. I'm not too sold on Chet based on my Adam Morrison comparisons. He kind of of flamed out. Um, So we'll see how it turns out. Do you think anybody sneaks into the top three besides those guys? Like I've seen Jaden Ivey get a lot of love the last 24 hours. Or do they just, or do all three teams say, no, we've got to pick the original, one of the original three? I'm, I'm tr- trying to recall each of the rosters. I think all of them could use a big, because I thought recently all of them went guards early before. So I could be wrong though. I'm not too familiar with the teams. Yeah, but in the NBA, especially drafting that high, and we'll get into it with the Spurs as well, you don't draft for need in the NBA. You draft you draft best player available, especially in the top three or four. Um, I think, isn't that what the Blazers did by not taking Michael Jordan? 
because they had Clyde Drexler, I believe. They said, no, we need a center. Yeah, that's all I heard what the, their reasoning behind it was. Damn, Bowie was solid until his knees gave out. Is so, solid <laughs> Michael Jordan, though? Sam no, Bowie. Those, those six games were legit. Sam Bowie was solid. Look at Matt coming with the hot takes on his first <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Spurs. They're drafting ninth. Um, we probably all agree on their needs, right? Front court, front court, front court. Did you mention big? <laughs> Would you be upset after what I just said if they went guard, if they felt where they're drafting and where the draft landed? Do you feel your logic of in the NBA you go best available? I know you said especially in the top three, but do you you place that even down later in the draft you go best yes. available? Because yes. there's been knocks on us in the, the past being guard heavy and then drafting another guard. You have, to, you, have to go, you, you have to go best available, especially in the top ten. I would. would be upset just because we have, you know, we have a lot of youngs on our team. You know, Lonnie was best available. He did decent at the end. But we just couldn't develop him in time. Uh, you know, if we're going to send him to Austin, you know, I'd rather get, you know, good experience, especially at nine. I think there's a couple good solid options that I don't want to see another solid guard or wing just because we have, you know, Jones coming back. We have Keldon's taking the next step. We have Murray. Um, you know, even Primo needs those minutes. He's realistically younger than all the guys we're going to draft. So we pretty much already yeah. have a solid guard. But if they feel, but would you trust if, forget your mock draft. If, if the Spurs went into number nine and on their big board, a guard is the best player. Do you trust them with that? Or would you still be mad about what you said? I mean, because realistically, this isn't a playoff team yet. So it's not like everybody you mentioned are all-stars or irreplaceable. Besides Murray, I guess. He's the all-star. I, I would be upset. They would need to go to a smaller board if that big board has, you know, a lot of guards. <laughs> um, I, I, I like I, I just You're sticking to your guns, and I appreciate it. I, I mean, we need, we need a big. We need a new four. We need somebody that can stretch and be basically Dougie McBuckets and pick up those 15, 20 minutes starting next year. So would it change your mind if they went guard nine – but one of their other first-round picks, they went center. Would you be okay with that then? Like, let's say a Mark Williams or just another big with pick 20 or 25. Would you, be, would you feel better? Because there'd still be someone to take those guardmen or those Dougie uh, McBucket minutes. Me, personally, no, I wouldn't feel better. I think the tier um, top 10 that we could get, you know, there's a, th a few guys that I have to do more details on, but, like, you know, Duran from Memphis, Griffin from Duke, or even your personal favorite, Eason from LSU, I think are a tier above those guys that we could get either later in the lottery or in the top 20. Okay, so you're not moving from that position. Josh, what are your thoughts? I might be the the guy that a certain segment of Spurs Twitter doesn't like. I trust the front office, what, what they do, I'm, I'm on board with. They know more about basketball than Josh Spears does. Um, I, I might know a little bit more about kickball, uh, but I think they have me beat on basketball. So far be it for me to, to question their decision-making. Okay. I want best player available, and if that means it's a guard, then so be it. I do think it'll end up being a post player. Uh, Maddie kind of rattled off a few names 
that as of now, and again, mocks are going to change now that we know who's drafting where, but Matt rattled off a few names that are projected within the nine area and they're all bigs. So I don't, I think this um, conversation might be moot, right? I think the best available will probably be a big. That's what I've seen in the mocks I've looked up. Uh, center power forwards have been, I only oh, looked but, up a few, but the, both of them had center power forward. Does anybody Mark. take, well, I'll go with Matt first since he's flexing on camera and maybe I should <laughs> upload this. <laughs> um, don't be surprised if Spotify listeners can see your video tomorrow or when we upload this. I'm hopeful for that. No, okay. but I'm, my, my dark horse is, honestly, I hope something comes out about Keegan Murray. I really like him from Missouri. He should be gone four or five for some whatever reason. If he falls, I think that's going to be my perfect pick. Okay, but that's probably not realistic. You not said realistic it's some... at all. <laughs> give, give me a realistic pick of who you I, like. I don't, I don't, I, I have to do research on those three. You've been, you know, on that Eastern game for the last couple of weeks. As long as we can improve shooting, I think that's one skill that we can improve. I need somebody that's got hustle as a team player and has got really good passing. I don't know the details on the three I named off, which was Duran from Memphis. I'm probably even saying his name wrong. Griffin from Duke and then Eason from LSU. But all three come from good programs, so they have those skills. Um, if they have those fundamentals and the foundation, I think we can work on the shooting, which we've done with many of our prospects. Look at Keldon this year. He improved his threes from like abysmal, like my level to, you know, league, league decent. So yeah. I think the hope, the hope is there for the shooting ability. What I like about Eason is he feels he's a really good scorer. He was, yeah, I think he averaged 14 points a game in college off the bench. Uh, he's a big, he plays really good defense. He has a long wingspan, so I, I could see him being a more modern four, where he, where if he gets switched off with a screen on a smaller guy, he can still stay in front of him. And he's shown a good ability to shoot the ball and shoot the three. Like it, to your point, he's already got a good basis of shooting. Chip, Chip England can make it an extremely good three-point shot. I just think all the tools are there for him, and I like his combination of offense and defense. I think he's the most complete prospect right now out of that little that area that where we're drafting. Uh, I think everybody else has got more deficiencies. But I'm, a, I'm an Eason guy, and I've been an Eason guy, like you said, for a few weeks now. And now that we're officially picking ninth, uh, that's where I, that's who I'm targeting. Now there's been some chatter about Leonard Miller, who's extremely raw. He's a Canadian. I don't even think he played college ball. He he reminds me a lot of the Josh Primo pick. I'm hoping Leonard Miller is someone that they could snag with their one of their other first round picks. Now, he didn't play basketball, so was he like a Mountie, or what did he do? How do we even know about him? Exactly, because everybody in Canada are Mounties. I can tell you were raised by 90s WWF. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's how we stereotype the world, and I'm there with you. Um, I don't know his full story. I'll get more info on that next week. I just know he's a raw prospect that people are very intrigued by, and a lot of there's some sentiment already that 
he seems like a player the Spurs would take a chance on. I'm hoping he's he's their second or third first round pick. Go get someone more of a sure thing at number nine. I mean, nobody's a sure thing. You know, at, at most, most of these kids are 19, 20 years old at, at, the, at the oldest. But they generally have a higher ceiling at the top. 10. Yeah, yeah. So go get that. Um, I also don't think the Spurs are going to draft three players in the first round. They will trade at some point because you don't want three of your better players on the same contract trajectory, meaning they'd all come up for free agency at the same time. That'd be a disaster, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, what if they all three pan out, but you don't have the money to pay them all? Or you can trade one of the picks, move up, move around, or trade for a veteran. I really think the Spurs are drafting at most two players in the first round. I am excited that we have draft capital, cap space, and players to trade. But I would put money that we're not taking three first-rounders. Seems to be the consensus on Twitter as well. Yeah, I agree. I would, I'm hopeful that around 25, which is our Boston pick, so go Derek White. Woo, he's almost in the finals. Um, I'm hopeful that one team will try to jump up to the late 20s and then we can pick up their first rounder next year. That would be a good – that's not a bad idea. Um, having two firsts this year, two firsts next year, that, that's a good way to spread out your capital. And then in 2025, we have two firsts, I think, so – uh, Who did, who's first do we have in 25? Chicago. Oh, from the DeMar trade? Yeah. Now, speaking of trades, doesn't have anything to do with the Spurs, but I've seen the Pelican fan base and Laker fan base go back and forth because the Pelicans have the Lakers pick this year, and the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, so it's a lottery pick. Um. But the Laker fans are saying, well, at least we got a championship out of Anthony Davis. What are your, where do you side on that as far as – you don't have a dog in the fight, but as a, fan, as, a, as a fan of basketball but not a fan of either team, one, yeah. do, you, do you consider their championship legit even though it's in the Disney bubble? And two, who would you rather be today? Yes, I consider it legit. And I take a title anytime you can get a title. So I'm, okay. I'm citing Lakers there. Okay. Um, now, who would you rather be today? I don't know nearly enough about either team. But just coming out of that, I'm the Lakers. You want to you want a ring. I mean, that's what you want to hang banners. It may have been a sell the farm for one banner sort of thing, but you did it. So I'm I'm citing Lakers in that argument. I agree with Josh. You know, anytime that you win a, a ship, you know, people that are just salty will put an asterisk by it, but they, they took it home. Um, personally, I'd rather be New Orleans now, though, just because, you know, when Lakers have their second third players on the downside of their career and Russell's making more than a small country um, and they can't trade them, you know, I don't see a lot in their future because I don't think they have a first round pick until a lot of our children will be doing this podcast. So um, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be um, the Pelicans. Just because they have, they have a lot of upcoming talent. They're growing. They had a really good year this year that was unexpected. So I think next year they'll take the next step, especially they have uh, two picks um, pretty early. They have the number eight pick from the Lakers, and then they're going to have Zion back. So, you're, yeah, that's a good point. 
the Pelicans have a much brighter future right now than the Lakers. It's just weird because the Lakers are always in the mix for free agents and they still have LeBron. So you can't count them out, but it does look really bad right now. And it feels like somebody always bails them out with a with a trade. You know what I mean? Like when I, I don't think they have any assets left though. But they always get bailed out. Like when LeBron got to the Lakers, they didn't make the playoffs. They were just a bad team. And then they land Anthony Davis in a trade. Uh, you remember when Shaq left, Kobe's Lakers were not very good. And then they got bailed out with Pau Gasol. They just always find a way to get a superstar out of a trade. So assets are not, don't be mad when some stupid team takes on the Westbrook contract or, you know, I just, I wouldn't count them out yet. But, but as a, just like big picture, who's even available? There, you you can have the corpse of John Wall, who's the equivalent. Um, but I don't even know who else is even a choice uh, that they could possibly get a superstar in return. Because Westbrook, I think, is making the north of forty million plus next year. Yeah, like I said, it looks bad for them, but they seem to find a way to trade out of it. And I hope you're right. I hope they are stuck in purgatory because. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a Lakers fan. I, I actually hate the Lakers. So Whoa, strong take. I'm just – yeah, I was – I don't know if you were in San Antonio back when the Lakers suck T-shirts were circulating, but I got to find you a picture of those. They were nice. I was in town <laughs> for the get dirty. They were the, the dirty. Nasty. 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 I want some nasty. Yeah. All right. Um so we're all in agreement. Josh and myself trust the front office if they take a guard. But I think we'll all be happy if best player available ends up being a front court player. To, to Maddie's point, though, if Keegan Murray falls to maybe five or six, oh, be so happy. Do you start to do you start to look for a trade up? And Matt. I- in that I'm gonna scenario, ask- I, I think you can package all three or two of the three and include, I don't know who our trade bait would be. The only, for me personally, the only untouchables right now are Keldon and Murray. Everybody else I think could be had for, uh, for an improvement. To move up. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's what I was going to ask you. So good, good, uh, good response. So everybody, so you're willing to trade all three picks. You're willing to trade anybody but Keldon and DeJounte. To move up and get Murray. Anybody else in that little range that you'd be willing to do the same for? Me personally, no, because I think the next tier of bigs, we could possibly have a choice of at least at least two of those. Yeah, we're already um, everybody there. else that's in like the four to seven range are um, Murray or guards, and then you know, I think we're okay. there. I'm on board with that. Uh, hey, Matt, thanks for uh, doing your homework. You're You've, you've got a, a lot of info on the lottery already, the, the mock top 10. I watched the, the tournament this year to get anticipated for the lottery, which was a huge letdown that Josh mentioned earlier. So I'm pre-prepared with uh, useless facts and information. It's not useless, man. I, I like it. I like the idea. Josh, is there, to your point, not so much a target, but what are you willing to trade anybody but Keldon and Murray as well to move up? I'm willing to trade anybody but Murray. Okay, so you're including Keldon. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. 
I think two years ago I would have said let's keep Keldon, but I, I think I've he Im- he improved this year though, John. I've he, softened a little bit. He was he on can Team go. USA. He was the glue guy on Team USA. The glue guy. Yeah. Okay. I love that he took a big jump in his three point shooting, and I hope he stays. But to Josh's point, if they felt that strongly about a prospect like a Keegan Murray, if they felt that strong about him, I'm willing to also trade Murray. I'm Keldon for Murray. Almost gave me a heart right. attack. <laughs> would you trade DeJounte Murray to get in the top three? I personally wouldn't just because I think he's he's the new Spur. He's the new Tim Duncan. He he lives by our culture. He, you know, he, he's a perfect example of what Pops created over the years. And I think okay. he's taking, taking the candle. But now, again, that we need a good, you know, 1B to his 1A to take the next level. But, yeah. you know, I, I think we can home grow that. What about you, Josh? No. No? Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, Matt, you mentioned culture. He kind of fits the culture. He's kind of establishing the new uh, young core culture. And I agree. Also, he's fantastic. He's a triple-double machine. Um, I know there was a question, is he a Batman or is he a Robin? Regardless of how you want to label them, he does need another A-plus all-star level player. I'd take it to a different analogy. He's a Thor, and we need a Spider-Man or Iron Man with him. I like that because there's no no built-in Robin. Yeah. Okay. Man. Now, with that said, there's a lot of chatter about DeAndre Ayton, Deontay Ayton from the Suns. It seems like the relationship between Ayton and Phoenix is destroyed. He's a restricted free agent. Former number one overall pick, averages 17 and 10 a game. Would you be willing to pay for pay max dollars to bring him alongside Murray? Are we not? Is anything cooled on like the whole Zach Levine talk or any of those other? Are we just are we picking him over any other options or just if he was our option? Okay, so. However you feel it, however you feel. I mean, I brought him up because uh, Mouse and myself, we talked about Zach Levine, and there hasn't been much news about that. This week was Aiton and Phoenix is burned. So, yeah, in theory, if you gave him a max, you probably wouldn't have a run at Levine. I didn't know if the question was you got to pick one or the other, or I'll, I'll take either, um, honestly. Okay, like, we so you'll need... take either. Correct. Okay. I, I would also take either, and I would, as long as it's not, you know, I would like to keep pick nine, and then, of course, Keldon or Murray. But if it's a, a sign and trade, I'm okay with any other assets going back if we get either one. But um, just a quick question. So, Levine, if we do get him in our current lineup, would he be the new three? And then we would move Keldon to a four? So, we, would we have a small ball lineup? Keldon is our three right now. So, he would stay there. So basically, Levine would be taking over the two spot. Derek White played it most of the year, and then towards the once Derek White was traded, they alternated Ooh, between cool. Lonnie Walker, Vassell, um, Primo got some starts there, Richardson. But going back to Aiden, so you guys are okay maxing him out as well. I, I think he's a good step up. Josh, what did you say? I would say historically, I mean, it's not like we can be super picky. Like we, if we got somebody, he's a stud. He can come here. Let's take him. Okay. Okay. Honest, honest answer. Um, 
As far as trading, I don't think we'd have to give up the ninth pick. He's a restricted free agent, and it appears Phoenix doesn't want to pay him. So Phoenix, Phoenix could match our offer, but if we offered max dollars, I don't think they would match. That's why I brought it up. Because Do we have enough cap space to offer max? Because I think, what are we, a 30 to 33 available? We are. We would have to rescind the rights of a few players like Zach Collins. Uh, um, Zach Collins. You don't like him enough to keep any free agent away, though. I agree. <laughs> of course, Lonnie Walker, uh, he's a restricted free agent, so we would probably not sign him. So, yes, we could offer a max contract without losing anything of significance. I think that's that's got to be on the table because like Josh said, you know, even though we're a beautiful city and have the Alamo, it's tough to bring that top tier free agent in here, especially with our culture and, you know, kind of a stats second, you know, win first mentality. Which he's actually done. He's actually deferred to Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So regardless, you know, we've seen some reports that the Suns don't like his attitude, but he's literally just did what Matt said is hard to do. So, okay. But here's the so, question, John. In doing that, would we then trade uh, Jacob or Jacob? The, Jacob. I'm um, Americanizing. <laughs> uh, wow. Yes, you probably. Yeah, you probably trade him. But I think that's a good, you know, secondary effect is we would pick up an, another asset possibly too. Good point. Um, I know the Hornets were interested in him. There was a very close, it was very close to trading him to the Hornets for some draft picks and Kai Jones, if I remember correctly. So yeah, so that's a good point, Matt. Even if we had to give up an asset or two to get Aiden, we'd be getting something back as well with Jakob. Or a sign and trade where we give them Jakob and maybe the 25th pick for Aiden. Okay, so we're all yeah. You guys are agreeing on everything so far. A lot of a, a lot of harmony here. I've been listening, you know, the recent episodes, and you and Mouse were agreeing on a lot lately. So I didn't want to come in and you didn't want to rock the boat. Yeah, no, I was just <laughs> gonna come in and go with a flow. Okay, I'm I'm surprised that you're both very easily in agreement to max them out, only because it's a it's an iffy subject. Because even the Suns are telling them half the fan base is probably saying no, don't. Don't max them out. So well, I think realistic, realistically, we have to do something because I, you know otherwise we're going to be in the constant five to nine slot each year, depending on injuries. I agree, hundred percent. We have to do something to mix it up a little bit while keeping the core to try to go to the next level. I agree, hundred percent. All right, look at this. Now, would you rather have Aiden or Levine? One <laughs> elbow. I'll go with Matt. You you couldn't answer that, Matt. Oh, I didn't know it was a choice. Thanks, Joshy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd personally go Aiton just because that's the bigger need right now. I think we have comparable two guards that you just mentioned. I really think Richardson kind of really shined here, um, really bought into the culture. He was a top pick, uh, you know, a few years back. Um, even if he's a sixth man, I think we can get some energy from him. Um, I like what Devin did. Um, in his limited time, and I think Primo can take a step up. So, you know, those three will be on the roster regardless next year. It would just take away minutes if we add Levine. Um, okay. We'll have a strong second unit, but I think Aiton's the right choice. 
Josh? I'll just agree with Matt. I don't I don't have enough basketball knowledge to really break down two other players here. Would it change your mind if Levine's an all-star and Aiden isn't? No. Okay. All right. I personally would go Levine first. The on, oh, sorry, better. I'm going to jump back in. I, I like Levine's uh, – his, his him and DeJounte's – Rapport? Yeah, I couldn't think of – I don't want to say relationship, but them knowing each other, I, I would like to bring that sort of uh, team vibe to the team. But outside of that, as far as skill set, I, I don't have enough of an educated opinion. Okay, and I think now to talk realistic chances – if the Spurs are willing to max out Aiton, they will have a great shot at him. I don't think the Suns will match. So if the Spurs are willing to spend the money, if they feel as strongly as we do on this podcast about maxing him out, they can have him. He can be had. I think Vegas has him as the Spurs as the third best odds of him landing here. Where is one and two? Detroit is one... I don't know if it was Cleveland or somebody else. So the I'd Spurs, rather live in San Antonio than Detroit or Cleveland. Yeah, we've all seen 8 Mile. <laughs> and RoboCop. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> as far as Zach Levine, if the Bulls are, are not willing to max him out, then we have a good shot. Is he also restricted? So he would, yeah. wouldn't be a trade, correct? That's correct. Now, you could do a sign-and-trade to open up cap space. We don't need to, but it, if it would help facilitate the deal, we could do that. So it sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but I'm not. The Suns, in my opinion, will not max out, max out Aiden. So if the Spurs are willing to max him out, we have a great shot. With Levine, it depends on if the Bulls are willing to max him out. What are the think biggest odds on that? I don't think there's any yet. I think if if Levine, I think if if the Bulls are willing to max him out, he'll stay. Right? They're a good team. He's got a good rapport. He'll stay there. If the Bulls say, uh, "We'll offer you this, but not a max contract," then he'll go shopping. And at the very least, Dejounte Murray will get him to take a visit here. In my opinion. Where would you take him if he came for a visit? Well, I mean, we have a plethora of places on our Instagram account. I was going to use that as a good segue into the Instagram account. At Spurs and Salsa. If I had to take him one place. I would say barbecue. Yeah. And I would, uh, 2M probably. But I would also let Marie decide. Because what they're both Mexican establishment would you take them to? That's what I was gonna say. You'd go barbecue over Mexican if you were trying to woo somebody? First, only because I don't know if anyone I don't know if the a guy from Seattle is gonna be like, yes, I want Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what I was gonna say. Him and Murray are both from Seattle. If there's something here that really appeals to Murray already. I would let Murray take the charge on that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true too. It's like if if Josh moved somewhere far and I go to visit him, he knows my tastes. We're from San Antonio. He would take me somewhere that I would like in his new city. So that's what I would pick. So if it was Mexican though, probably La Fogata. It's it's nice enough to take 
a millionaire, but it's also really good. Yeah, that's that's where you have that uh, that struggle. You like, what's a nice place to take somebody that isn't generic generic Mexican food? Uh, Like, you got to find that window. I'm sorry. Where we went, (laughs) get straight for the the music and the culture. You're taking them to a hole in the wall. You have to be day one. You'd have to establish that. You can't just dive them into the culture like that. I use full bore, 100%. Like Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker will go to Gilbert's. He's been engulfed in the culture for a while. That's one of the one <laughs> things, like I say anybody's up for trade or if we have to make room, Lonnie Walker maybe we want to go. But man, he really seems to uh, embrace San Antonio. And he's doing a lot of charity work for the city. Yeah. I think I think he wants to stay. But at the cost, we would lose our max space. That's why it's it's a tough decision. It's 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 he's not going to be our first priority. We're probably going to go after some of these free agents. Here's a question dead. I got to see, John. If we could trade um, good old Jacob um, and get <laughs> AN, can we keep Lonnie? Yeah, because you could use Jacob's money. That yeah, it would absorb some of the money. I I'm not I'm not a cap expert, but if you're sending money out the door, in theory, you would have that money back, right, to use on Lonnie. So, hey, that's a good point. It might it might sway some Spurs fans if if you go big with an Aiton, it leaves minutes and possibly money for to keep a Lonnie Walker. Good point. If you go Levine, he's gone because he's taking those minutes yeah. and he's taking that money. So. Some, something to think about. I still want it. I still want Levine more though. I think him and Murray together, you could build. They're the same age now. Aiden's younger than any, even Murray, so it's not, it, either's a great option. I feel more comfortable maxing out Levine though, just because he's already an established All Star. But we'll see. Off season's going to be a lot of fun. Three first round picks, one in the top ten, cap space. There's real options. I'm so glad that. Phoenix and Aiden have burned the bridge between each other. Now they it could mend fences, but it seems like he's out the door and it gives us a chance. Maybe we just got to keep track of what the Bulls want to do with Levine. If they max him out, we don't have a shot. But it'd be nice to have some options. There's also trades. There's also trades like a Miles Turner could be had with one of our draft picks or maybe a few. Um, I saw Mo Bamba's name thrown around Twitter today which would be interesting. I think he's a cheap option that could be really good. We'll see. It'll be it'll be one of the more active off-seasons in a while for the Spurs. And it start it, I think it's it kicks off today, right? Or yesterday with the lottery, the actual where we're at. Hopefully it's a lot more fun than watching the lottery. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a huge disappointment. <laughs> and I remember I remember feeling the same way last year. Yeah, the ex- I, I couldn't remember. For the, I was like, it was the ex- like last year. Like, was it 11 and 12, 14, wherever we were? I was it like, was 12, just like we were slotted. So I was like, I was like oh. this is, and it goes so quick. Like, all right, yeah, you're here, you're Spurs. Like, all right, and then we did have some good comments on um, what was the Cleveland guy's name? I'm gonna butcher it, Alejandro Villa, Villa whatever. Um, he had uh, a very unique. Yeah, he had a good haircut last night. There was a few people that just didn't look like they wanted to be there. Exactly. Uh, PJ Washington. PJ Washington. Oh, PJ Washington looked the worst. He looked worse. 
He hates the lottery more than we do. And he had, <laughs> and he had to go. As I was like, oh, David Robinson contract. looked fun. They interviewed David with three of the, the prospects, and then everybody else just looked pissed off. That's a, I noticed that, too. P.J. Washington, especially. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, diving in to the playoffs. We had the Celtics and Heat last night. Jimmy Butler went for 41 points. Is he a superstar? It's funny you ask that because yesterday or I guess last night I saw that the post of him and I was like, I've always seen him as like flashy, like, man, he'll put up some games, but it's starting to be consistent enough that I'm like, man, Jimmy, I, I'm rooting for Jimmy Butler. Like I, he just seems to have busted his ass to kind of put the himself been, in that. Like, and yeah, and the, the heat have been good since he's gotten there. Quiet. And yeah, somebody said that like the heat just kind of like. I guess when the, the, the big three left and Eric Spolcher was there, like I didn't expect much to come out of that team, and they've just worked their way right back into everything, and Jimmy Butler's just done a lot for that. Yeah, I so I'm going to say, yeah, I, something about Jimmy Butler just makes me want to root for him. Like He came but, with a connotation, too, of a bad teammate with the way he left Minnesota. So I was like, oh, he's just going to spend a few years in Miami, and then he'll be out of the league. But he's really stepped up. Um, like Joshy said, and it's been kind of surprising and fun to see just because they're not the atypical quote unquote super team that, you know, they showed a graphic, I think during the lottery where like half the guys were drafted 20 or later and the other two starters weren't even drafted. Yeah. So, you know, you got to pull for that type of team. Exactly. And uh, to go back to the, you, and I, I wanted to bring up a point that you just mentioned going back real quick to the lottery. I did a deep dive of the all NBA teams. I don't know if it's the official all NBA teams, but I went off sports illustrated's 2022 all NBA teams. The average draft position for the all NBA players is nine. (laughs) And if you take out the Joker who was drafted like 41, it's still seven. Last year was last year's all NBA team. The average draft position was 11. And if you took out the Joker, it was nine. So for all the doom and gloom Spurs fans, not to I'm not trying to pump sunshine up your ass. I'm just saying if you go by numbers, by math data facts, we're in this perfect position to draft an all NBA player. Talent can be had at nine. Yeah. Going back to y'all's point about the heat, isn't it funny because the Miami's supposed to be this destination city, big market, everybody wants to play there. But it, they feel like a small market team because nobody gives a crap about them. But they're they were in the finals in the bubble, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals two years later. I mean, they're a really really good team that goes under the radar. Um, and again, credit to Eric Spolstra. I think everybody thought of those titles with the big three. Like, all right, you had LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. Like, yeah. But, I mean, good for him. Like he he's. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. They don't feel like they're a, a big market, big city team, but they and that's and that's what the Spurs could do, right? So Miami's been drafting, God knows where. They haven't had like a top pick. What was draft- Hero? Was he like 15-ish? I don't know. What I'm saying though is Miami's drafted pretty well, and they landed a free agent that some people might not have even wanted, like to Matt's point, and it's propelled them to. They've got great coaching. They've got a great front office. They've drafted well enough to build a team. 
and they landed one free agent and it's put them back in not just relevant uh, relevancy but they're a legit contender to win it all they're three wins away from going to the finals so that that could be what the spurs do right they've drafted well maybe even better than the heat have and then it just takes one free agent to put them over the top in a big way um, I wouldn't count out the Celtics, though. I, I like Jason Tatum a lot. It's been fun to watch him grow. He's one of the top five or seven best players in the league. He's got the Celtics, which is a historically great franchise, back in the conference finals. And they've had a weird couple of years, too, right? They had Kyrie Irving. They had Kemba Walker. They've had Paul a lot of... Com- for a couple of times, yeah. They've had, yeah, they've had so many coming, comes and goings, coming and goings. And Tatum's been able to keep it steady. And then on the other side, you've got Luka versus the Warriors. Who are you rooting for in that series? Not who do you think is going to win, but who are you rooting for? Warriors. Okay. I'm going Dallas. I want to see Luka take the next step. I think, you know, besides him, it's a team of scraps you know supposedly and i think you know him just picking him up on his shoulders i think is a good story for the nba because then they can market him as you know the next level of the next superstar but i think we just talked about butler tatum and luca they're gonna have one of those guys right is the next great i think we're in somebody mentioned super team earlier i think that era is dead and it's a good thing because the the Bucks won last year, and they got bounced in the second round this year. But they're still going to be around there with Giannis. Same with the Suns. Um, everyone's ready to blow it up, but they're going to be a good team with Devin Booker. I think the era of the big three is over. Super teams are over. And it's, it's refreshing to see superstars all across the playoffs. Uh, so to Matt's point... Maybe Luca takes the next step. Maybe it's Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's Tatum. Even the Warriors don't feel like a super team anymore. I guess because well, they're they, not. They built their team anyways. Like if, even if they're a super team, they built it. Like yeah. Not... Even them losing Durant makes them more tolerable. Really. I like. Uh, Steph. I think a lot. I think everybody likes Steph. It's just. I know I'm ready for the next team to have their moment in the sun. That makes sense. Makes if sense. it wasn't the Mavs, I'd say the Mavs. It's just because it's the Mavs that I'm going to say yeah. no. Like, I, I want Luka to succeed. I, I think he's fun to watch, all of those things. But it's just because it's the Mavs. But it's been a great – I guess last year was probably the real kickoff. But this year feels more like, all right, we're past the super team era. We're getting back to balance. Where I think if the NBA markets it correctly, they can be almost as big as the NFL. Because the NFL, a lot of why they're successful is so many teams have a chance, and we all feel like um, we all feel like our team can do it this year. I mean, out of the three of us, we all cheer for different NFL teams, and all three of our teams made the playoffs. And all three I, of us, my my team beat your team. Both of your teams beat my team. This will be the I'll- last time you're on the podcast. I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to bring up an old one. But well, you know what? Now that we're let's dive into that a little bit, Matt, because I want your opinion. Because I'm very strong. I have a very strong opinion on this. <laughs> you don't say. I'm talking about the wide receivers to pay or not to pay. So 
Right now, the NFL is completely divided on this. We saw Super Bowl contenders trade away top five wide receivers. We also saw teams give wide receivers massive contracts. Where do you land on that? By the way, you're, he's a Raiders fan, and so listeners. So his team's one of the ones that traded for one of the big receivers. But where do you land personally? I think depending on where your team is, I like to think that the Raiders are a piece or two away from at least making the next step, and that being you know at least conference championship. Um, I think AFC West this year is going to be incredibly tough. I'm glad they got the type of weapon in Adams, who not only is you know one of the top tier NFL receivers but has a built-in relationship with Carr, our quarterback. I think that's huge in chemistry-wise. How, um, how, how, how do they have a relationship? I don't know anything They about both that. went to Fresno State together. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they were in the college QB. Um, but I think that's understated in today's NFL. You know, chemistry, especially with this type of individual, it's a lot different than we were growing up. Um, you know, look at, you know, Young and Montana with Rice. Look at Irvin with Aikman. Look at all the greats. You know, Chris Carter with... Gosh, he had a lot of quarterbacks. Let's go with Randall. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that chemistry is um, undeniable. Um, if you're not on the same page or at least the same game plan, kind of like a Spurs mentality, you guys aren't going to succeed. You could have great, great um, athletic ability, but Randy Moss was a shell of himself and everywhere besides Vikings. And then again, in New England, because he had that great quarterback connection. Um, so I'm, I'm on board with trading what you have to, to get that type of, contributor you know 10 years ago it was the running back that's now since become a commodity i'm hopeful that at least receivers don't turn in that commodity but i guess we'll wait in a couple years when these trades um kind of unfold so you're on the side of receivers are still very valuable and you should pay them uh top tier yes okay josh you're in a unique position because you're a niners fan and your star receiver ended up staying well, he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't, oh, he hasn't done. There's, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I the it's pretty much the first part of what Matt said. I, I think it's very team specific. Like, it, what does your team need? I'm not opposed to paying Devontae Adams top receiver money if you're getting Devontae Adams. Now, there's a huge drop off. I think after four to five guys, our situation is completely different because I think his value is based in all the things he does, and if he doesn't want to do those things, then he's not worth that top dollar but outside of that weird unique situation i like miami giving away as much as they did for tyreek hill maybe that's a little more questionable to me because they're not just a piece away from being in the super bowl uh oakland what did you give up oakland or i'm sorry Uh, first first and second but just i just wanted to piggyback i didn't want to cut off josh let's go back to him but you know we're in such a unique position because we lost our top two receivers you know one where the dui killed somebody unfortunately. So like we, we were kind of scrapping at the bottom of the barrel Our top receiver at the end of the year was Hunter Renfo, who's a good receiver, but he's more of the slot. We didn't have a burner on the outside. You could make the case. And I think this is where you land, John, this, this draft especially was hella receiver heavy. So you can say we could, but I mean, you still don't know what for sure, who's going to work out. There is something to be said, like, like Matt said, Devonte Adams and, uh, car knowing each other there seems to be a run on that lately with college quarterbacks and receivers resyncing back up but yeah there's a ton of them but i I think if you're you're there and you may be a a piece or two short i'm okay with 
I guess my thing too, though, is you didn't just give up draft capital. Then you had to pay them. I mean, didn't Devontae Adams? But that comes if it depends on what what your quarterbacks deal. What what? How are you spending money? I really, to me, it comes down to your individual cap. Like, if you have a QB on a rookie deal and you can spend money elsewhere, not the car is. I'm just just in general. Like, I yeah. That's why I think it's very much team team specific on how I would answer that question. Because you say if you're a piece away, well, two teams. I'm not even gonna put the Cowboys in the, in the category. Two teams that feel they're very, very close to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs and the Packers gave away receivers, and they gave away top five receivers. Correct. That said, they Titans had also to pay other people like. Yeah. They're paying Mahomes. They're paying Aaron Rodgers. Now, I did hear somewhere along the way that. The Packers did have something out there similar for Devontae Adams, but he chose to go. But I, they have so much money invested in other players. The Chiefs are going to have to – let's say can't pay Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Even, Somebody's going to be out. Yeah, even the Titans. They traded away A.J. Brown, and then they just – and then they used that draft pick to draft an A.J. Brown clone. <laughs> so there are – I mean, it's just funny that there's – the NFL right now is completely lopsided. Two trains of thought. There's people that are valuing. They think wide receivers are extremely valuable and they're going to pay them. They're going to trade first round picks for them. And then there's teams that are saying, just ditch them now and we'll just replace them in the draft. It's just, I just want to get your take on it. Because the end, I've never seen the market being so split between one league. Like, you, you know, Matt mentioned running backs. Almost everybody's in the same mindset. Oh, don't pay running backs, which is funny because they're very scarce now and very hard to find. So maybe you should pay a running back if you got a good one because it's very, very hard to replace them. There wasn't a single running back drafted in the first round. They're hard to replace. Whereas receivers, there was, what, six in the first round? It's just a very lopsided... The game's changed so much. Look at the 90s with your cowboy teams. Emmett was the, the bell cow. Uh, we've transitioned to more of a passing offense, so it's not the same, you know, emphasis on that, you know, six two, two hundred and twenty pound back. Now you need some scat backs you can catch. So the game well, it just depends more, on the team. It depends yeah. on the team. Defenses like, are building to where, like, if you do get that big running back now, like defenses are smaller and quicker and faster to cover those fast receivers. You get a good, yeah, big running back, they'll run it down their throat. Like, so that's what I'm saying. The NFL is so, it's so crazy how the market is so different. For a position, I just want to get y'all's thoughts on it. Uh, randomly, uh, I kind of threw Miami under the bus earlier saying, like, they they don't seem to be a step away. But they're probably the team I'm most intrigued to, to watch this year with Mike McDaniel going over there. And the pieces they did bring in, uh, two is, I think, their obvious weak spot. But with the receivers that they have now, the running backs that they brought in, I'm really curious how Mike McDaniel, because he was the the running back whisperer, the QB whisperer for Shanahan for so long. So I really think they're going to be fun to watch. I just, I just don't know how many wins that turns into. I think the entire NFL, I mean, we saw so much for the first time ever, we saw quarterbacks actually move. You know, I used to always joke that quarterbacks would always say that they're unhappy and they were demanding trades and then they would never move, right? It would always work itself out. This year was the year the floodgates opened where, you know, Russell Wilson got moved, Deshaun uh, Watson got moved, Matt Ryan moved. I'm sure I'm missing others, but the NFL's gonna look a lot different next year. Carson Wentz. 
your favorite? Yeah. Carson Wentz moved. Um, who uh, who went to what's it? It was y'all's backup in uh, Vegas. Went to Mariota Falcons. Mariota went to. The, I'm curious how that's gonna look. It's got to be a stopgap. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he's not. Gonna be an early draft pick. That's gonna turn out. Uh, yeah. So the NFL is gonna be fun, especially week one, because we don't know what half these teams are gonna look like. Uh, the Chargers spent money. They paid their receiver, right? Or they brought it? They paid somebody too much. And I can't. I couldn't tell you his name. That's probably why I think they paid him. I too think much. they did an Allen. Yeah, they they overpaid for a receiver, and then they traded for Cleo Mack. I forgot um, about that. Yeah, there's so much. It's hard to keep track of all the movement. And then Cooper went to Cleveland, right? Yeah. And then Baker Mayfield is making commercials and not playing quarterback. That's it's a funny. testament. That's it's a testament stuff. to the NFL. The NFL makes players play college football for at least three years. In those three years, they build a brand. So even if they suck, the NFL makes money off of them right away because of the you know jersey sales and they're already a household name. And the players can at least make money. Like Reggie Bush was never even a Pro Bowl player, but he had those Subway commercials forever. He's still in Wendy's commercials. And whereas the NBA doesn't do that and none of the players come in household names. Steph is in some subway commercials, but for the most part, yeah. But he had to build to that. I think uh, Baker's funny. It, if there was a ratio of bad career to good commercials, he's got to be. Because <laughs> his commercial, those commercials are pretty good. That's, like, a, that's at a home very good, Baker that's a good ratio. Uh, but God, like his career just doesn't. Uh, who else would even be in the running? Who was bad with good commercials? BJ Ryan or the the Packers guy, but he wasn't too well known. That nose, nose tackle, he was in the All States with Aaron Rodgers for the double take. That would be one. Yeah, I'd have to like have thought about this as a topic because I'm sure they're out there. But what was your topic you brought up? I no, I just brought. We were talking <laughs> about Baker. His commercials are funny for the most part, but he's just bad. I, I and, always like the Eli and Peyton ones, but they obviously had a lot better careers than Baker. And, and Matt had that Packer player in his pocket. He was ready to answer this question. He was ready to go, yeah. I like that, Matt. I like that a lot. I'm trying to think of anyone. It would have to be Tebow. I'm sure had commercials. I don't know if they were good, but he had to have some commercials. Like right now, seeing Chris Paul is funny because he's getting dragged online, but he's obviously – He's had a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Though. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, yeah, I don't know. So Baker might take that crown easy. It would definitely be a football player who, again, built their brand in college – and we're able to land some good endorsement deals before they flamed out in the pros. The only ones that I can remember in the 90s for basketball were Penny, the little Penny, and then Grandma he was good. And Larry, Larry Johnson. But both of those had good careers. They were good, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for good. Baker. Good for Baker. <laughs> Are you surprised he hasn't landed anywhere, even for like a third-round pick? or You know, nobody took a chance. I am. Uh, I think Cleveland's being smart because we don't know what's actually going to happen with the Watson. Will he get suspended at all? That's a very so, good point, Matt. Very good point. So you think they're going to keep him in the back pocket no matter how unhappy he is? Paying them. They're already paying him. So, you know, there's there's no gain to trading him because if something happens to Watson, you could at least plug in somebody that's serviceable. Plus, I don't know what teams still need a quarterback besides, like, Detroit, but he, I think he's pretty much equivalent to Goff. Well... I think Carolina was still yeah, one of those teams the out Falcons there. Falcons could still be in the running. 
They drafted that guy high that was second round. That's right. I if if I were the Eagles, I would go get him and tell him and Jalen Hurts to battle it out. <laughs> I mean, seriously, just y'all are both on rookie deals. Let's see if we can get a quality starter out of one of you guys. But not my business. Same with the Giants. They could do that with Daniel Jones. I think uh, one of those teams should just go ahead and take Jimmy Garoppolo off of our hands. I don't care who, and I don't care for what. Jimmy G is still sitting out there. That's a weird situation, too. A fun Twitter page is girl. She pretty much, it's I draw Jimmy G every day day until he gets traded. It's a different piece (laughs) of art every day, but it made it to Jimmy G in an interview. And just... He's like the nicest guy. Like he, like, oh man, cool. Hopefully you don't have to draw two more. We'll hopefully get something worked out. But so, like, did they publicly give it to Lance then? They have said publicly. No, nothing has been said. Everybody has said, and Lance has said. I've been told behind closed doors it's my team and I'm the starter. But really, oh, um, shit. like the 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 49ers aren't saying anything. And everybody, I think they're still playing there. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to be our starter, and we don't want to say he's a backup because then his trade value is hurt. But nobody's trading for him, so I think you're past trying to play that sort of. He could <laughs> trade him straight up for Baker. Uh, no, it's just <laughs> cause another problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I I like Jimmy G. He's been the perfect teammate and professional for the 49ers. He got us to two Super Bowls, albeit we didn't win. You couldn't have asked for more from him, and he's the perfect teammate. But it just creates questions going into the season that I don't want. So I need them gone. Where would you put him in your own category of player to commercial ratio? Because he's got a subway commercial also. Is he, he's he's is played he, in two Super Bowls. Okay. And now you could make the argument that the defense got him to both of them, but not, I think the 2019. Whatever year we lost to the Chiefs, that year, the back half of the year, he put that team on his back. Defense was hurt. Everybody was out. And everybody talks about what he can't do, but he's just not asked to do it. And when he was that year, he did it. Like he, okay. he put the team on his back. Now, there was probably two throws in the Super Bowl that are on him that cost us the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I'm not going to put any game on one or two plays. So, I, I think he's fine. Plus, he's only See, in one Subway commercial. And it's, it's a national commercial. It's just not that so, funny. Subway okay. sounds really good. I haven't had that in a, in a hot minute. It's not that good. It's acceptable, but there's other places. It's fast food. Yeah. But not fast. <laughs> and you got to get out of your car. That's the worst part. Yeah, if I'm going to get out of my car. It's going to be for a good sandwich. So, uh, before we go, what do, oh, Matt, I know you're a big baseball guy. Early predictions. Yankees are on fire lately. Yeah, as long as it's not the Astros after the whole. So I'm old school baseball. You know, there's unwritten. Oh, yeah, you're very young. That that you should follow. I played, you know, through college and stuff. So, you know, that's part of the T. Astros are dead to me. Um, You know, if you hit a home run, yeah, you can be a little flashy. But, you know, be respectful, run the bases. Um, I'm hopeful that the Yankees stay healthy this year just because I think it's good for the sport just to have everybody hate against them. Um, they've been mediocre the last few years and have had many injuries. But if they stay healthy, I think they're dangerous. So to your point, aren't the Astros good for baseball because everybody hates them? <laughs> no, they're not. They're cheaters. How long until that a, a uh, stigma goes away? Because 
players change, coaches change, managers change. When do we stop? When the players are when the players are gone. How many players are still around from that? Because it's been a few years. I would say for better or worse, and he probably does I mean, I don't know how much he did this. Altuve is probably the face of the franchise. So he's the face of that culture as well for outsiders. I like how you pronounced it. The way it was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. Or would you call him Jacob Pertle? Jacob. <laughs> oh, man. I, Matt, do I want to throw you under the bus for how you try to say Taco Rico uh, yesterday? Let's focus. Let's oh, focus. yes. Focus Tell me. No, that's it. He called. He was like, are there any good Taco Ricos around here? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And I didn't. Is that a name of a place? Taco Rico? Like, <laughs> Sadly, there's no Las Palapas by us, so I'm kind of restrictive. <laughs> we'll get into that after, uh, for our food segment. But, uh, okay, so Matt, you hate – you said it's good for the league when everybody hates the Yankees and they're good. Correct. But you also just spouted off hatred for the Astros and they're good. Doesn't that same rule apply? Yeah, Aren't the Astros the good for baseball? But that's a good reason to hate them, though. It's like wrestling, right? The cheater. They get the heel. They're the heel. They're yeah, right. you gotta, Are we thinking like Razor Ramon level hate or what? Who hated Razor Ramon? Oh, Razor yeah, Ramon. nobody hated Razor Ramon. But he was Ramon. a heel. He was, he was always too cool to be a heel. But I'm there's got to be Rick somebody. Flair, like, I get like, it. Like a common, man. Like a common villain. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice when we all can bicker about this, but we all hate this one thing equally. So aren't the Astros good for baseball? No, because the way that people hate them. Yankees were hated because they were good, but they did it the right way with money, how you should do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're just being a Yankee fan. Are you a Yankee fan? Is that... I am a Yankee fan. I was born, is... uh, born up there, so we went back periodically, but I was raised in Denver, so we didn't really have a team until middle school. So, you know, I have a soft spot for the Rockies, uh, but they're nowhere near as good. Okay. It's funny that you don't you're a Yankee fan, but you're arguing that it's fun when they're hated, but not the team that you hate, actually. <laughs> That's so how it works. It's a fun sports dynamic of fandom. You just uh, uh, your very strong opinions on cheating, I guess. Uh, that makes them a good heel. <laughs> now just for the just to round it all out, our baseball talk. The three hottest teams in baseball right now are the Yankees, Astros, and Rangers. And the only good guys are the Rangers, so take, take with that what you will. I always liked the Rangers. Growing up, they had Jose Canseco, who I liked growing up, but they also had He's Gonzalez. He's a cheater! <laughs> That's why I up. You put it together. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. a cheater. He also put the blame on everybody else. So he was a he was a hero to some, a patriot, if you would. But you just railed against the Astros for cheating. And no, you're very, like... <laughs> if I can't let add a little pizzazz, you know, who can? Uh, uh. And now that is our baseball segment. So we're gonna talk a lot of baseball because especially when Mouse comes back too, because he's a big Astros fan. I might have to have Mouse and Matt debate the whole Astros situation. We'll circle on pellets, though, so it'll be okay. That's right. <laughs> pellets and palapas. All right, Matt. <laughs> the world wants to know. What are you watching? 
we just finished Severance. If you haven't seen that, it's a very good watch. I liked uh, Parks and Rec, so I had a homegrown talent in Severance. It's a mind bender. Um, it's a slow build, but I think the end was worth it. So just finish that. Um, now, hold on. So that's on Apple TV. Is Severance, is it a one season? Like, is it a real ending? Or are there going to be multiple seasons? There's going to be multiple a seasons. Second season, okay. I think not that it's not a real ending, but what, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a limited series. It's they yep. did an ending perfectly though because they they give you some closure, but then God do they give you a cliffhanger. So they they it's the best of both ways. It's not just like a cliffhanger where you're like shit, but they it's good. It was as good a finale as I've seen in some time. And then um I'm almost done with Moon Knight. I did I have the last episode i'm not a fan of that one so i'm slow playing that one it's just too confusing usually all my watching is you know secondary i'm doing something else so i glance up and i catch up moon Knight, i had no idea what was going on half the time you, i didn't even know who was you talking paying, you weren't paying attention not at now, all is that an issue with you in general because i know when i speak with you you don't often pay attention as well i always pay attention my mind's working overtime so i'm on to the next topic while you're still catching up that's the definition of not paying attention what'd you say you just described that. <laughs> oh, and Moonlight is on. That's a Marvel show on Disney Plus. Okay. But two that I would like to recommend was Archer. Um, they casted it great. It was a TV show on Amazon Prime. Um, the movies don't do it justice with Tom Cruise. Archer, if oh, I'm going to make Josh watch it here in a bit. Are you talking um, about Reacher? Reacher. That's what I said. Reacher. Oh, the Archer's an animated show. Isn't that's it? The, I, and I don't even know it, but that's I was like Archer. Uh, yeah, so you're Reacher, talking about Reacher. Right? Okay. Woo. Reacher on Amazon Prime. It's a one-season show. It's based off of the books. Um, the cast of Tom Cruise, there's a couple movies out there, but the miniseries is, is really good if you like those type of thriller types. Okay. Um, and the last one that I watched recently was Warrior. That's on HBO Max. It's uh, set in like the 1920s, 1930s in San Francisco with uh, immigrants coming in from Asia. Um, so it's, it's a really good spin, especially if you like the new movies like Mortal Kombat or some of those that you might be familiar with some of the faces that you see. Are you sure that's called Warrior? Uh, I am. There's also a movie called Warrior, which is around mixed martial arts, but this is a TV show. So the, the show sounds fantastic. I think that's a good idea for the show. I do not think it's called Warrior, though. I need you to look that up on HBO Max before... Uh, I'm on it. Before, you know what, Josh? You go ahead while he's confirming the title of that show. Uh, just about everything Matt watched. I also watched minus uh, what may or may not be called warrior. Um, <laughs> I love severance. I did not dislike uh, moon Knight the way Matt did. Um, it was very confusing. It didn't feature as much moon Knight as you would think a show called moon Knight might. Um, <laughs> but I really like what Oscar Isaac did in his performance in that. Um, it is called I'll warrior. Okay. Good job, Matt. Uh, I recently made a good friend of mine watch Halloween Part 3, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, and uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. Um, most of those are physical media, but all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are on HBO Max, I think, right now, or forever. I don't know how HBO Max works. Um, so I watched all of my favorite classic old horror movies. Um, and then... TV shows. I haven't made much progress on Yellowstone, but that's no indication of how good I think it is. It's just circumstance. Uh, Yellowstone, I'm 
few episodes into the first season, which is great. Um, am I missing anything? Um, we watched The Wizard. Uh, oh, yeah, The Wizard. I had never seen The Wizard. Uh, 80s flick with uh, quite a cast. Um, <laughs> Fred Savage. Our boy Cuffs. Um, oh, Matt's never heard of Cuffs, so we're going to be watching that soon. You've never seen the movie Cuffs? Oh, man. That's one of my I, favorites. I own that, and I was like, yeah, I'm, this is a movie we're going to have to watch. So that'll probably be next time you have us on. We'll talk about Cuffs. But I think that's we it. Also, no, we also we watched Top Gun. Uh, so we're getting ready for Top Gun 2 coming out soon. So um, And Top Gun is on Netflix and Paramount+. Plus. So, yeah. It holds, holds up really well. It really does. So I want to go back to Matt's point real quick. There very much is a difference between TV shows where you could still have it on and pay attention, but be on Twitter, on your phone. And then there are shows where you got to put down your phone and watch. How far into a show will you realize that? And will you do it? Matt, we know, didn't do it because he doesn't know anything about Moon Knight. Josh, do you realize it quickly? And if you do, do you put your phone down or do you change the movie or show? If it's something I really want to watch and I'm interested in, I'll try not to have my phone. Um, depending on how well it hooks me or how well I think I have to pay attention will dictate whether or not I pick up the phone. Um, that, that's that been my problem. And I, we've, I think I've talked about it a couple of times with Game of Thrones. Like I've told myself, like, all right, try to watch it. And it just doesn't do enough for me to not pick up my phone. And they introduce so many people that like you really have to pay attention, I think. Uh, so like Game of Thrones is a, is a good example. It didn't hold my attention, so my phone just kind of went straight in my hand. Uh, but if it's if, if it's a good show and it's got me hooked, I'll try to keep my phone down. But okay. for me, background noise is just like stuff that I'll watch reruns of whatever that's on the TV. I don't need to pay attention to that. Okay. Matt, when did you realize that you watched your phone too much for Moonlight? <laughs> uh, episode three. Moonlight. Dang, you made it made it in there before you realized. I, I tried to put the gaps together. No, I agree with Josh. So I think Oscar Isaac did a great job acting. He's a great actor. Um, I was holding on just for that, just because I enjoy him and other other things like the Netflix movie that you haven't seen, Triple Frontier. Um, so. Triple Frontier. Oh, just for everybody to know, Matt is the per. I know when you have a Netflix account and you're wondering, why do they keep putting out these bad original movies? And who's watching these? It's Matt. Matt is. <laughs> He loves him some original bad Netflix movies. There is one called Red Notice recently with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. So add that to your list. Mm. Netflix movies are typically bad enough for me that I would have a, a sincere decision to make if some of my favorite actors were cast in a Netflix movie. I'd have to wait. <laughs> like, all right, do I watch this anyway? Who would get you to watch a Netflix movie? What actor? Then give me one example, like somebody where you're, that would be a dilemma for you. I Tom Hanks. I, I like Tom Hanks. So. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm just saying, like a, a classic big name. Current people. Um, I don't know Tom Holland. I like like Tom Holland and Spider Man, but he's put one or two out there that I just had zero desire to watch. Um, so you might have to be like legend status for me okay. to consider it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what am I watching? I watched this show on Apple TV called, it's a documentary, The Big Con. It's about this lawyer who 
The easiest way to describe him is he's the Thomas J. Henry of Kentucky. <laughs> and he's defrauding the social security system. And that already sounds interesting. It was crazy. His story, um, how he did his con. His name's, his last name is Con, so <laughs> that should have been a, uh, a red flag. The people he bribed and then what happens after, you know, the shit hits the fan. Two people involved try to kill themselves and don't even succeed at that. How many episodes is it? Four. So it's a quick watch. It's really good. It's on Apple TV. It's a crazy story. It's imagine Thomas J. Henry, but a Eastern Kentucky slash West Virginia version. But is Thomas <laughs> J. Henry a scumbag or like? I've, no, I, oh, I mean in the flashy of... sense. Okay. Like he had these big flashy commercials. Gotcha. He got uh, he would get YouTube celebrities to be in his commercials. He wanted to be James Bond. He even had this. <laughs> they interviewed this. Big country boy who said he wrote a rap song for a con <laughs> commercial. It's hilarious. And they show the video. So besides all the laughter, there's also some, you know, sadness to the story. But it's real interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I also watch. I'm still watching The Offer on Paramount+. Plus. It's, a, it's really good. It's a story. It's not a documentary. It's a, it's a series based on how they made the Godfather movie. It's really, really good. Um, the stories behind The Godfather are crazy. And there's a lot of fighting on whether or not they're true, depending on who you ask, if the offer is true or not. But it, it's a really good movie. And John, did you it, like It's Always a Sunny in Philadelphia? I never started it. I'm sure I'd love it. I just didn't start it. Maybe that's something I do. That's a show for me that I don't know if it's because it it improves as it goes. When I go back and watch season one, it's a hard watch. So I know people don't like like, Oh, try the show out. You just got to get two or three seasons. That one truly is one of those shows. I remember liking the first season, the first time I watched it. It just got but, so much better that. It, yeah. When yeah. I watch it now, I'm like, man, like I could see like me recommending this to somebody and them having a hard time with it. So that would truly be a show. Like if you struggle with the first season, just skip to season. It's not a continuity show. Like, okay. uh, but it's it pays off. It is really one of the funniest comedies. All right. And then um, I finished Ozark. I love here's here's why I think the ending was good. It's caused so much debate. And people want to talk about the ending. Some people hate it. Some people love it. But it's the first show in about in a few years, I think where I've been asked the most about the ending. There's been people's private message me. I'm one of those that hasn't even seen it. Can you give a quick two sentence what it's about? I watched, I think a couple episodes, but I just didn't get grabbed. I might revisit. An accountant gets caught up, not by choice, in a drug cartel and must do all he has to do to survive. And that's not even giving it justice, but I'm surprised because if I remember right, because I saw the first season, that's the only season I saw, but I don't know how that first episode couldn't hook you because I remember the ending of yeah. the first episode, like, holy shit, like that. So the first like, 15 minutes, like that whole that whole first episode, like for a show that hooked, like 
that's a show yeah. I plan on going back to. I just, again, there was a point where I fall behind in shows and then I'll, I'll just wait for him to finish. Um, and I, it's in the running for best Netflix show ever. I, I've seen that. I've seen that talked about. And yeah, you can make an argument. It's the best Netflix show ever. Uh, but I like that it's, you know, I've been asked on Twitter, Facebook, uh, friends have texted me. It's a, it's very much a conversation piece now about the ending. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm glad it's ended four seasons with all the great actors. And it's like, all right, give it, wrap it up. Yeah. I like when they don't take their success and decide to run it on too long. Breaking Bad did that as well. They ended at five. Um, I think a good show, you give me four or five seasons and, and cap it. Don't yeah. don't keep going. Especially a story like that. Like if it's a sitcom, you could go for Oh yeah, it. sitcoms are different. Like, but a a a story arc with continuity that, that wraps up. Because exactly. um, I, I enjoy Lost all the way through, but I, I think that's where people started to fall off. Some of the later seasons started to get a little I enjoyed it, but again, I think that may be at the victim for it. It just went too long for some people. Yeah, I can see that. Um but I, not me. I loved it all the way through. All right. So we are. John, John, quick question though. You brought up a good point of that was uh, debatable. The best Netflix series um, highlight stranger things. The next season comes out uh, starting next week. Yeah. That'd be up there too. I think they've waited too long. I'm the hope I, isn't there. I think, uh, I'm just, I'm all in with it. They, I think they did way too long, whether that was a pandemic thing or what, I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm all in, but I think for Buzz, it's going to have to start trending hard on Twitter for people to come back, I think, the way it was. Yeah, I agree. Stranger Things would be up there. Um, what else comes to mind to you guys as far as best Netflix show? I'm just struggling to think of Netflix shows. <laughs> Peaky Blinders is a – it's not a Netflix show. Yeah, no. It's, what? There's a show called Dark. It's it's not I've in the conversation for best because nobody knows about it, yeah. but it is a fantastic show from the episodes I've seen. Um, it's German, so you got to read it unless you want overdub. But that just doesn't have enough notoriety. Okay, there's two that I'm thinking of recently. Squid Games blew up. They're making a second season of that one, but again, it doesn't have the the longevity of Ozark or Stranger Things, but it could be a contention. The Dark other goes. one that Narcos is good, and then also oh, Narcos, uh, man, Narcos Mexico specifically, like yeah, God, that was good. What'd you say, Matt? I was gonna say Money Heist. It's the number one show in Europe and everywhere else except here, but it's got five seasons. It's about a a bank robbery. Oh, Um, you've been loving that. It's it's a a good show. I I didn't hear it, but people did love it. Like I know it was popular. I tried to watch it. It wasn't for me, but I'm, I'm not going to shit on Matt. Like, people love it. I just didn't care. But I think it's funny that he knows that it's popular everywhere but America. It's like when someone's like, you should watch soccer. It's the world sport. I think he he's prepared because he knows we aren't going to like it. So he's got to come with the facts that everybody <laughs> else likes it. That's what I mean. He loves it so yeah. much that he researched uh, that it's the number one show everywhere but America. That's That's <laughs> love. That's love. All right, before we go, we always end the episode with a food review. This one's a little unique. Um, you guys that are listening, you might have caught on that 
as of right now, Josh and Matt are roommates. Uh, Matt has never indulged in the hole in the walls Tex-Mex of San Antonio. So Josh and myself took him to one this week. It's something we've already reviewed, but we're going to go ahead and give it a re-review just from a news perspective. We took Matt to Gilbert's. It's a little, it's a very much hole in the wall off of Marbach and 410. Matt, uh, what did you think? Uh, first, I was scared. I don't usually go to those type of places. So Josh and I arrived early. We waited for you because we didn't want to. Hold on. No, I'm not going to let that slide. <laughs> I was not scared to go into the restaurant. It is a fairly busy place. It's not the biggest place. So what I didn't want is to get in there. I didn't know when you were going to show up. So I didn't want to sit there and just keep eating chips, waiting to order, holding up a table. <laughs> so I was waiting for you to get there. Okay. So just that was scared. I was being I was being facetious. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. So my background is, you know, buying a new house. Josh and John are getting me more experience on the local Mexican cuisine because traditionally, by the house is Las Palapas, which I like. I grew up in Denver, so we didn't have a lot of hole in the wall. So Taco Bell was a staple, um, stuff like that. But I also enjoy San Antonio Mirasol, but that's kind of a new age Mexican restaurant. So this was a good experience because it was traditional, and I tried uh, the Javi special, uh, which was uh, carne asada for my first time. I hey, thoroughly enjoyed it. Carne asada enchiladas. Carne asada enchiladas. There, that is an important distinction because if you didn't get a carne asada taco. The Javi special is an enchilada stuff with carne asada. So. Yeah, it was, it you was, had a unique way to try your first carne asada. I went full, full steam ahead, and I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, the chips were good. The salsa uh, was was good, but I, I I like other salsas more. But it was it was good. Okay. Um, we'll have to take you to another one this weekend. What was the one? I forgot the name. I don't want to say it in case we end up somewhere else on air. But yeah, we got one in mind. I want to get you in quite a bit before we send you back to Stone Oak. <laughs> Um, uh, Josh and I actually tried a different one for lunch. Josh, can we talk about that, or do you want to save that? I don't. It, Velvet Taco is it? No, oh, no. Wapo, Wapo Taco. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. We've reviewed that on here We've before. So, Wapo yeah. Taco. That was that was. I personally, I like that more than Gilbert's. I tried. I don't know the taco. I tried. It was. I want to say Berea. It's probably I butchered it, but it was delicious. It's not bad. What what kind of Mexican restaurant were you asking Josh about though earlier? Taco Rico? Oh, yeah, those are delicious, too. Love all those. But what thing. is it called? What is it called? <laughs> Tacarita. Tacarita. That's better. Um, yesterday, we were talking about food, and because I'm trying to eat better, and he's like, oh, if we do have a cheat day, we're going to have to go to Taco Bell because the Mexican pizza's back. And I was like, I don't really like Taco Bell. The shock on his face, you don't like Taco Bell? <laughs> you would have thought, I like, I don't like hamburgers. Like, he was shocked. <laughs> So, Matt, it's kind of like being in New York and saying, you don't like Little Caesars? <laughs> it's going to happen. Like the, I'm like Michael Scott, Saboro. <laughs> when he goes to Saboro in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Saboro is better than Little Caesars, at least. It was but funny. Yeah, like, same, his shot, like once every six months, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had Taco Bell in a while. Let me see. Because their commercials sometimes get me. And then I'm just never like, eh, like all right. 
So nobody, it, his shock, his shock was fun to me. Nobody catfishes people like Taco Bell commercials. Because <laughs> even I'm like, man, that does look good. They're the ultimate catfishers of, of food. Uh, randomly, right. I, not a full review because I don't know that you'll ever go. But the place we did, Velvet Taco. Um, you know what? Do it now. Give that's me a, a review. It's a good spot. It's very comparable to uh, Torchies, and I know like traditionalists don't like Torchies because it's kind of new wave, new age Mexican. It. I don't compare it to Mexican food. I know it's tacos and it's Mexican, exactly. exactly. I'm not eating that when I want traditional hole in the wall enchiladas. I'm going there for a different taste, and it's good. It, it was a good place. Like one of those clean ingredients kind of places with uh, unique tacos and one stuff that like the. One that was really good didn't really have anything Mexican in it. It was like a chicken and waffles. The, the, oh, it was delicious. The tortilla, if you will, was like a soft waffle filled with the chicken. The chicken was seasoned great. The waffle was great. Um, it's a good spot. Um, so it's very much like torchies. Th- exactly. It's, it's You're going to have okay. unique things. They had like a pork belly taco. They have some spicy. It, Korean it's all rice over the taco. Place. There was a shrimp and grits one. So they have – they spread the cornucopia of – menu items it's it's a good comparative to torchies if you if you're kind of sick of torchies or have tried that this is a good uh good alternative i don't think you'll find a better compare they are the same place just with different options um okay and it's out by the rim um i don't know if there's more than that um but it was a good spot if you like torchies i would say you would like this place um so i would recommend uh, velvet taco it was matt's suggestion um so i'm surprised yeah yep. i'm good with tex-mex uh, that's not Tex-Mex. That's just Tex. That's Stoner? <laughs> What'd you call it? Stoner? I don't know what I would call it. It's, I, I think of those places like, I know it's not like a, a chef in the background creating concoctions, but that's to me, like, that's how those tacos are. It's not like traditional food. It's just, I think these flavors would mesh well together. So let yeah. me put it in this taco form. I, it's not Mexican food. It's not even Tex-Mex food. Um, it's just, it's good for what it is. All right, all right. Look at you guys hitting the streets. Fly. <laughs> I don't about. All right, I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, Mouse, like we said, is on paternity leave. The Spurs and Salsa HR department gave him some, some time Good off. Bunny. Yeah. That's very nice pro- of them. Very progressive company we have here where even the fathers get time off. So uh, depending on when he comes back, we'll see you guys at least one more week. I'm down. All right. And if you're watching this on Spotify, you saw uh, Matt's muscles in the, beginning, <laughs> in the beginning of the podcast. I also wasn't sure this was going to be recorded, so I don't know if they're coming in the video, but I have holes all over this shirt. No, so. you can't tell. Okay, good. So you're fine. All right. Until next week. Go Spurs, go.